In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please be comfortable. Good morning. <clears throat> I'm going to use this in a little bit. Um, you know what Sunday this is, don't you? King Cake Sunday, Transfiguration Sunday, the last Sunday after Epiphany, the Sunday right before Ash Wednesday. It's, um, and, and we know this in a way that maybe place, people in, place, in other places don't quite know this because we've had too many days of carnival, haven't we? <laughs> no, for some people there's never enough days of carnival. As we were... Um, uh, as I was looking at, you, you know, the, the big book, the gold fancy book is called the Evangelary. Isn't that a wonderful name? Evangelary, like evangelist, evangelon, the good news. Um, it's called that because uh, in that book, it's not the whole Bible. It's pieces of the Gospels arranged from years A, B, and C throughout the liturgical years. So right now we're in year A. And it started with the first Sunday of Advent. And so in that book are all of the Sunday gospel readings throughout the church year or church three years. And so this gospel reading says the last Sunday after the Epiphany. And, and I bet if I gave you a, just maybe even 30 seconds to think about it, you could guess what the next gospel reading is for. What's the next liturgical event? But specifically, Ash Wednesday. So here we are at this cusp, this church year, where we go from Epiphany, the season after Epiphany, to Lent, and then to Easter. Purple, green, and gold. Now, you, if you've heard Michael Kuhn preach before, you know what I know, that that's why the colors of Carnival are purple, green, and gold. It has nothing to do with all that ballyhoo that you're going to read about, about royalty, or I don't know what the... Justice. justice. No. It's the church year. Purple, green, and gold. It comes together, right? Because right now, we, well, we started with, um, in gold is the color of a festival. So Christmas was gold. And it went through Epiphany, also gold. And then we're in this little growing season called the season after Epiphany. Green. And we know that come Wednesday, purple. Purple, green, gold. They don't just look good together because we've seen it all our lives. <laughs> we've seen it all our lives because we've been in church. And here at this season, they all come together, purple, green, and gold, because we stand at the cusp. And here, on this particular Sunday, we hear about Jesus' transfiguration. We need to hear it, this time of purple, green, and gold. It brings together not just the church year, the colors of the church year, but the Paschal mystery itself. It reminds me of what we will say in the middle of the Eucharistic prayer, our memorial acclamation where we acclaim Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Past, present, 
and future. Purple, green, and gold. Here, now. We see that in the transfiguration, and we need to see it in the transfiguration, especially now. Especially before we begin, we begin this long journey to Lent, through Lent, past the cross, to the resurrection. I love the way that Matthew's gospel begins this story of the transfiguration. Six days after Peter's confession, Peter saying, you are the Messiah, the Son of God. His own epiphany, right? After that epiphany, they have that moment up on the mountain, that golden shining moment where Jesus's identity is fully revealed. And they hear the voice from heaven. This is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. We've heard that before at his baptism. This time, God says a little more. Listen to him. You see, at this mountain in Matthew's gospel, Jesus will come down and he'll be headed to another mountain, more like a hill, outside of Jerusalem, where a different aspect of God's glory will be revealed. And in that time in between, that purple time that we call Lent, we need to be strengthened for that journey. We need some glimpse of the future. We need some food for the now. So we get the transfiguration. Before we begin any long journey, it helps. It helps to be fueled and nourished in order to make it. I, um, I was living in Baton Rouge when I was discerning a call to, to the priesthood. And uh, my children at that time were, oh, I guess they were seven and five, six and four. They were young and expensive <laughs> and worth every penny of it. But, but I, I say that to explain why as I was driving along the interstate in Baton Rouge, right over University Lakes, I can still see the spot to this day, I was prayerfully saying, God, how, how can this possibly work? This idea of, of going to seminary and not collecting a paycheck. Because while I may not need to work, I'm sure that we need to eat. How can this possibly work? And it was then that I heard this voice and if you were in the car, you would not have heard it. It wasn't that kind of a voice, but it was definitely different than just a conversation between AJ and AJ. <laughs> and this voice said, kind of flippantly, have I ever let you down before? <laughs> and it's, it's what I needed. It's, 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 it's the glimpse that I needed for that journey ahead. It's the food that I needed to sustain me through those three long years of wondering and, and not always giving up that worry. We need these moments of transfiguration 
Not to show us what can be, but to show us what is. What is always here, but sometimes we lose sight of it. These moments of transfiguration provide us with the energy we need to go through the purple times and the green times. We get the gold times. In um, Rachel Held Evans' book, um, she talks about, uh, she quotes N.T. Wright, retired bishop of Durham and, and a really a wonderful theologian and writer in his own right. She sa- uh, he says, God's kingdom in the preaching of Jesus refers not to um, a, a post-mortem destiny, not to our escape from this world into another one, but God's sovereign rule coming on earth as it is in heaven. Heaven in the Bible is not a future destiny, but the other hidden dimension of ordinary life. God's dimension, if you like. God made heaven and earth. At the last, he will remake both and join them together. Did you hear that? Heaven, not a future destiny, but the other hidden dimension of ordinary life. God's dimension here and now. Here and now, we get, a, we get catch glimpses of this transcendent and imminent reality that God is that close to us, that close to us. And doesn't that give us the fuel and the vision and the food and the nourishment that we need to keep going? Is it any wonder that Jesus comes to Peter, James, and John cowering in fear and he touches them gently. Touches them gently. He doesn't whack them on the back of the head. He doesn't leave them there. He touches them gently and says, get up and do not be afraid. Rachel Held Evans goes on to say, the kingdom Jesus taught is right here. Present yet hidden, imminent, yet transcendent. It is at hand among us and beyond us, now and not yet. Now and not yet. It is here and now. Past, present, and future. Purple, green, and gold. May we hear Jesus touching us gently, saying, get up and do not be afraid.